Hello, I'm Derek S. McGrath. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm recording this on Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. And on Wednesday, August 16th, 2023, I will be recording another audio commentary as I continue going through Season 5 of Bungo Stray Dogs. Last time we looked at Season 5, Episode 5 of Bungo Stray Dogs, Episode 55 overall, titled At the Port in the Sky Part 1. That means today we're looking at At the Port to the Sky Part 2, Season 5, Episode 6, Episode 56 overall. This audio commentary is released Wednesday night after the premiere of the episode and is available for any patrons at the $5 tier at patreon.com slash Derek S. McGrath. And then this commentary will be public and free by Sunday night to watch on YouTube or listen via the podcast RSS link in the description. Also at that podcast RSS link, you can listen to my reaction to Bungo Stray Dogs Chapter 109, which came out in between episodes 4 and 5. Speaking of Chapter 109, there is a spoiler warning for all of Bungo Stray Dogs, and I do mean all of it, up to Chapter 109 of the Bungo Stray Dogs manga, as well as the films, stage plays, light novels, and audio dramas. There are also timestamps in the description to skip ahead to different parts of this commentary. In this audio commentary, I will talk about the episode trailer, then which chapters I think will be adapted, we'll get into the audio commentary, and at the end, I'll share my post-episode reactions and any additional thoughts and news about all things Bungo. As a disclaimer, this will be another gory episode, so... Content warning, given what will likely happen to those Order of the Clock Tower pilots that Theodore is going to poison. On Monday, August 14th, 2023, Kadokawa released the trailer for Season 5, Episode 6. This trailer has four different storylines happening simultaneously. I'm going to go out of order with this trailer because... I can't really talk about certain storylines without contextualizing them by talking about other storylines first, so please bear with me. Storyline number one, Merceau Prison Duel. It has been a long time since the anime did anything with Dazai and Theodore, and even longer since the anime did anything with Gogol. We see Gogol has freed Dazai and Theodore from their jail cells in Merceau, and he's brought Sigma along with him. Then we see something that the anime should have done last season. In the trailer, Gogol embraces Theodore as his friend before he reveals the plans for this prison duel to get either Theodore killed or Dazai killed, and that's when Gogol puts on that sharp-toothed grin he has in the manga. As I have said in previous audio commentaries, in Season 4, when Gogol trapped Atushi, he did a finger gun and a smile at him. That made Gogol look like a silly boy. But in the manga, Gogol did not have a pleasant grin on his face. He had that same sharp-toothed grin that we finally get here in the trailer. As I have said in previous audio commentaries, I don't understand the choices Studio Bones has made in adapting the manga for the anime. 
I don't get why they veer away from some pretty good paneling and design by manga illustrator Sango Harukawa that you could take those panels and turn them into storyboards and take those designs and apply them to the characters and instead Bones makes storyboard choices and design choices that don't seem easier, don't seem more fluid, don't seem less expensive, don't seem to better reinforce a tone or message and instead seems to just be a choice that is different for the sake of being different. Not a choice that is done for ease, expense, animation, tone, or message. Anyway, Theodore grins at this news, and yeah, we're screwed, people. If you read chapter 109, this is the same problem I have with how the manga and now the anime has handled Fukuchi, we're not going to get glimmers of hope coming up. At least with Fukuchi, it is this imposing will of someone that seems unbeatable, so that when he does go down, we feel relief. Only, I don't see any way that Fukuchi will lose. In fact, the story seems to be saying up that he will win and not be taken down, so any defeat for him is probably going to come across as a cheap trick by the creator to let the agency get a win through a poorly constructed deus ex machina. Or maybe a Bram minus sword, but we'll get to that. So Fukuchi is one overwhelming figure that we hope the agency can beat. So what do I mean that Fukuchi's overpowered problem is similar to the problem that Theodore poses? What I mean is that Theodore versus Dazai is a fight that is going to plague this audience with the most boring Batman versus Superman fight you can imagine. Something Bob Chipman, Movie Bob, brought up in his review of that film. Or, if you hate that Zack Snyder reference, then Theodore versus Dazai is going to be in the most boring Adam West Batman fight that lacks any sense of self-aware humor. In the animated film Return of the Cape Crusaders, we get a hilarious scene of Adam West Batman and Burt Ward Robin throwing everything they got at each other and contradicting each other along the way. Bats throws one item, Robin has a treatment for that, but Batman anticipated Robin would do that, so he had another item that undoes what Robin did to undo what Batman did. It is the Iocane powder scene from The Princess Bride. And I wish we had that with Dazai and Theodore, but we don't, because it is treated so seriously that Dazai anticipates every last thing Theodore does, and Theodore anticipates every last thing that Dazai does, and instead of this being funny or self-aware or meta-commentary, it's just corny and boring. It doesn't make us cheer on Dazai because, as of chapter 109, Dazai is going to lose to Theodore. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe when chapter 110 comes out we learn Dazai eked out one last victory over Theodore, but for now, we don't see how our hero wins, so... This fight sucks. And Theodore is not some Sherlock figure where we at least get entertainment for how he anticipated all of Dazai's moves. 
I have seen different essays by fans online saying that this is all to show how Theodore got to Dazai by using Dazai's relationships with Chuya, Sigma, and Agency against him, but not really. It was just because Sigma screwed up in a dumb fashion and Theodore misinterpreting Dazai and Chuya's regard for each other. It's not that Theodore got at some weakness of Dazai's emotional attachments, especially because whether Dazai has any emotional attachment to anyone other than Oda is debatable. No, Theodore wins this upcoming duel because the plot says so, and that is going to suck, but we'll cross that bridge after this episode. So that takes care of the Merceau stuff in this trailer, I'll talk later about other scenes from this Merceau fight that appear in a Season 5 trailer, but let's go through the other three storylines for this week's episode. Storyline number two, The Agency. In the trailer, we see Rompo with a big smile explaining his plan to Atushi how they will stop Fukuchi from getting one order, which just makes Atushi's pupils close in shock. Later, we see Rompo's plan didn't work as the hunting dog slice open the airplane to bestow one order on Safukuchi. Hey, Juno, remember how confident you were that you would be able to convince the other hunting dogs not to help Fukuchi? So much for that. Juno is dead, Teruko is on Team Fascist, and Techo is a loyal dog. And no, the manga still hasn't showed Vampire Juno, so I have no idea whether we'll see him with Vampire Akutagawa in this week's episode. Back to the trailer, Kunikita calls Rompo about Fukuchi claiming one order, and Rompo looks displeased. Storyline number three, Fukuchi and the Hunting Dogs. While Fukuchi claims one order, he is still confronting setbacks in his plans to take over the world. He leads his vampire army of Akutagawa and various airport security guards to locate Aya and Bram Stoker. We'll get to Aya and Bram Stoker in a moment, and again, we see vampire Akutagawa, but not vampire Tachihara or vampire Juno. I guess Fukuchi doesn't want Techo to realize it was him who killed Hunting Dogs members, although I assume Teruko knows. Also, I will continue to criticize Bungo's trade dogs for not going as far as I want in condemning these kinds of fascists, as well as the awful work the story keeps trying to do to humanize Fukuchi. I get it, Fukuchi is against corrupt government officials. And we will have to talk about how the government bureaucrats in this series are no saints either. Especially when it was Taneda and Ango who had propped up people like Mori and Shibusawa. But, jeez, Fukuchi doing an arm sweep that, when pausing at the wrong moment, just looks like a literal Nazi salute. I do not see how you humanize this fucker. So, that takes care of the Agency storyline, and the Fukuchi and Hunting Dog storyline. Now, on to the storyline that begins and ends this trailer. Storyline number four, Bram and Aya. We begin this trailer with Bram Stoker finding Aya inside his coffin, 
and Aya looking up in fear. We'll see later in today's episode that she kidnaps Bram and takes him out of his coffin to another part of the airport. Later in the trailer, we get a more chibi art style to show the comedy dynamic that Aya and Bram will have. And yes, I already had a friend see this dynamic as similar to that Cartoon Network Nickelodeon short Mina and the Count. So you're not far off in reading that dynamic here, especially when we learn later in the manga that Bram thinks Aya reminds him of either his dead wife or his dead daughter. Anyway, back to the chibi art. In this scene, Bram is upset because Aya tried to pull the holy sword out of him, which only caused him pain. I don't know how much of this current story arc I will spoil during the audio commentary, and we will have to discuss this all later. But this is a problem within the story up to chapter 109, where Aya makes one last attempt to pull the sword out of Bram in a desperate attempt to stop Fukuchi from using one order. Like I said, we'll discuss Aya removing Bram's sword later as relevant. The trailer ends with the story detail I had forgotten. Aya crying. I did not remember this scene. We'll talk about that in a moment when I get to which chapters this episode will adapt, but for now, Aya is crying here because she is so desperate to convince Bram to help her. In retrospect, based on what we learn later in the manga, this has to be when Bram saw something in Aya to make him help her. He's going to say he is helping Aya just so she'll let him listen to music. Remember a few episodes ago, he asked Fuguchi for a radio and Fuguchi ignored him? While Aya is going to let him listen to music on her phone, and we are supposed to believe that is what convinced Bram to help her. But later in the manga, we are going to see that Bram is helping save Aya because she resembles his dead wife or his dead daughter. It's really not clear yet as of chapter 109, but the chapters being adapted for today's episode do not yet show Bram's wife or daughter yet, I'll be curious whether Studio Bones adds that wife or daughter in this week's episode as a treat for people who already read the manga. But even if we don't see Bram's family, we should end up getting our first look at Aya's father in today's episode. Before we get to today's episode, I know some parts of it may have already appeared in an earlier trailer for Season 5. The first trailer for Season 5 pretty much sucked to clips from only Episodes 1 to 3 this season, and I think the second trailer may have footage only up to this episode or the next one, so we are finally going in unaware and without significant spoilers for this season. Thank goodness. Weirdly, I think the second trailer is probably made up of mostly footage from this week's episode, Let's look at what is in the second trailer and may end up in episode 6. In that second trailer, we get the following. Rompo realizing he overlooks Theodore's potential interference. Theodore against a dark backdrop with spider webs, probably when he poisons the Order of the Clock Tower pilots. 
alternate footage of the hunting dogs ripping open the airplane and Fukuchi claiming one order, Kunikido witnessing the airport explosion, Dazai over a white backdrop probably when Fukuchi realizes that Dazai has sealed one order off from him, Merso prison guards witnessing Chuya, now a vampire breaking into the prison, Dazai looking over at Theodore to say their prison duel will begin. Dazai and Theodore sneering each other down. A flashback to Bram Stoker. Gogol initiating the prison duel. And Gogol explaining the blueprints for Marceau as we see water filling up one room. That takes care of the trailer stuff. Which chapters will be adapted in this episode? And what happens in those chapters? Based on the trailer, episode 6 should adapt chapters 95, 96, and 97, also known as At the Portway to the Sky, parts 3 to 5. I won't do a full plot synopsis, as that will just repeat what I will say in the audio commentary itself. If we look at the manga chapters, the scene in this trailer that is the latest to appear in the manga, is when Aya cries. I have estimated before that the trailers show the first 60-75% to 75% of an episode, so in the remaining 25-40% to 40% of this episode, I expect we'll get a new internet meme, that being Bram Stoker experiencing streaming music for the first time ever. We'll see how Studio Bones pulls off that scene. But I doubt that is where the episode will end, seeing that chapter 97 also includes Gogol initiating the prison duel, Gogol explaining the map of Merceau, and Gogol explaining the water chambers and other hazards in the prison. If I had to guess, I think the last scene in today's episode will be Dazai choosing Sigma as his prison duel partner. That means after today's episode, we have no new footage for the rest of this season, outside of any individual episode trailers Kadokawa releases on Mondays ahead of Wednesday episodes. That means we're going in unaware of what comes next in the anime. That also means we don't see Vampire Chuya until the next episode. And that means we have five episodes left after today. I don't think this season will adapt any manga chapters after Fukuchi stabs Fukuzawa, which happens at the end of chapter 104.5 of the manga. Chapter 109 is the most recent chapter out right now. I don't think any chapter after 104.5 will be adapted in the anime this season. Based on which chapters I think the next episodes adapt, chapters 98 to 104.5, the number of episodes needed to adapt from the end of today's episode to Fukuchi stabbing Fukuzawa is only three episodes, episodes 7, 8, and 9. But season 5 is 11 episodes, so that leaves two episodes. I think those two episodes are going to be a light novel adaptation. And I'm not alone on that thought, as I see Elizabeth Grace 123 on Reddit came to the same conclusion. Is that correct? We'll see later in this season whether my guess happens to match reality, although I think I'm going to be wrong.
Let's move on to today's audio commentary for Season 5, Episode 6, Episode 56 overall, titled At the Port in the Sky, Part 2. It is now Wednesday, August 16, 2023. I had today's episode pulled up and paused. You can watch this episode on the Crunchyroll website, then pause the episode before it starts. I will do a countdown, so after I finish saying 3, 2, 1, unpause, you can unpause the episode and watch along with my audio commentary. Everyone ready? Okay, starting the countdown, 3, 2, 1, unpause. What an odd choice to start with the episode title first. I wonder whether this will be a trend given that the next few episodes are all the same title. I assume the next episodes will all be at the port in the sky parts 1, 2, 3, etc. And a lot of reuse animation, so I wonder how creative they will get saving the budget to do Bram Stoker and the music listening justice. This scene is supposed to show that Fukuchi is smart, that as we'll see with Rampo, he is considering all these inevitabilities, all these potential explanations. It doesn't work for me. This is Fukuchi working off of limited evidence, and instead of taking precautions, he just comes across as silly in what he assumes couldn't have been someone there, that he doesn't think someone took a photo. And now we get the Order of the Clock Tower pilots. Although, rereading the manga, they never did refer to them as Order of the Clock Tower, just as European authorities. I'm watching on Crunchyroll, and they didn't include the English subtitles to clearly show who these people are. Would have been nice if we got to see what their abilities were before Theodore poisoned them. I wish we had more scenes in Lucy's room. It's just a more visually appealing location. I also would like to know where Lucy is, but hey, what can you do? I don't think the manga reveals how the agency is jamming communications. If I had to take a guess, probably Katai, who, along with Lucy, would like to know where Katai is right now. I guess not including the opening title sequences helping keep the pace moving quickly.
What a strange jack-in-the-box behind Natsushi. And instead of getting to how Rompo's plan didn't work, we cut to Aya. I don't quite remember that being the structure in the manga. Here in the anime, it's just disappointing knowing that we're going to cut back and Fukuchi's still going to get one order. It should work. It should be we cut away so that you can process what happened before the twist that it didn't work for Fukuchi. It just doesn't work for me. It also demonstrates a problem with trying to structure what are four storylines. In this case, we introduce Bram interacting with Aya. I think we should have kept it to that scene. Instead, we again cut away to keep building up anticipation along with the music to make the audience process and feel more anxiety. And I don't remember the manga quite explaining how Theodore manage to poison everyone like this. I care less about who so much as how. This stupid song, these stupid fascists, I wish, and again, this attitude of Teruko acting like I'm for law and order, and she is just a bloodthirsty beast. She was at Sky Casino, and here, yes, I know the pilot and the co-pilot are already dead. Those bodies are now decimated. All of this is treated as exciting by this anime as opposed to no this is horrifying the fascists have won and they play the music and it's just rubbing it in your face to act like you should be cheering them on when no you shouldn't these people are sick and the stupid teruko joke I i'm beside myself knowing that if you're still watching this are you not getting some enjoyment, or are you just watching it to be irritated? I'm watching because I enjoy literature. I enjoy the literary references. I've enjoyed the manga up to this arc, and I just find it as an adaptation to be so all over the place tonally. And there's the spider web. Odd to not stage Atushi being here, it would have been nice if we had clarified where he is at the moment. 
and Fuguchi makes Dragon Ball constipation noises. And it would be so nice that that was the end to this story, and it wasn't. And as I expected, I got it accurate that this Dazai scene was indeed from the trailer. So we do the title of the episode, but we're still going to do the opening title sequence? I... <sighs> Again, I know I've been super negative about seasons 4 and 5. I just find the choices baffling. Just skip the opening. I don't see the value including the opening title sequence aside from it saves on the budget. It should be a tradition. If you skip an opening title sequence, that should be sacrilege in watching serialized television. And yet, this song doesn't do it for me. In tone, in lyrics, in the editing style, it comes across as discordant and not affirming any faith in the agency winning. It's just doom and gloom, and yeah, when we see Fuguchi just straight up murders Fukuzawa at the end of this season, you're just going to have your head in your hands thinking, why did I sit through an entire season where none of this turned out well? I wouldn't have done the opening title, just continue on with the action. Ongo taking the more reticent Jack Smith approach, I see. I didn't remember an apocalyptic remark like that from the Japanese representative to the UN. That is a appreciated way of translating the scene in subtitles. Amusing that this caller will at no point say, I want to hear Taneda say this. Different staging than the manga, I believe Taneda was in the same room as Ongo. I do appreciate having Dazai literally on Ongo's shoulders. That is good staging by Studio Bones. And we will have to talk about what they did well and did poorly with the Theodore and Gogol reunion, but we'll get to that. I assume that the Polaroid is a mugshot photo or just a governmental file since that isn't one of Ongo's personal photographs.
And it seems like they did cut the food fight since we're now cutting to Chuya going through the hallway. We'll talk about Chuya next time. His addition to this story, I don't think works. It's not working for how we're developing Dazai. I don't think it works beyond we have to fit Chuya somewhere into the story. And indeed, we did cut the food fights. Again, Studio Bones has such weird choices for which jokes they want to keep, which ones they want to remove. You could cut the joke in order to make Theodore a little more complex, but heaven forbid you get rid of Teruko just being an annoying fangirl obsessing over fascists. Eh, the joke work on Gogol helping Theodore escape was funny enough. Odd musical choice. I'm sure someone on the internet will confirm how it connects with the history of Dostoevsky. Fans online were so happy with how they animated Gogol grabbing Theodore's hands. And yes, I appreciate the acting on Gogol. Did not expect that Dazai Wow sound. I preferred the manga when Gogol took Theodore by the hands. And Yes, you cannot do every frame is a painting. That doesn't work in animation. I appreciated in GIF form seeing how fervently Gogol was shaking Theodore back and forth, but in the manga, it was a pull. There was so much energy in that scene, grabbing, tugging, and the leaning forward from Theodore. I wish in the storyboard they had staged it that, yeah, Theodore is really being pulled forward at the waist. This is going to be a persistent problem with this current arc where we are going to be juggling so many characters' individual stories. And once we get to the Fukuzawa-Fukuchi duel, it's only going to get worse. I'm still not used to Bram's voice. It's not bad, I'm just not used to it. I kind of wish we had let the music died down more and drag out to a slow pace before Aya revealed that she doesn't understand. It's not bad sound editing, it's just preference. I guess this song we could now consider to be Bram's theme. And we are really moving at the pace 
that should work given the back and forth comedy here. It seems more like we're moving up the pace because we have so much to get through in this episode. And that means we go away from that exposition. That's not a bad choice to cut away since the exposition is the good moment to cut away. Again, no, it's just having to go through so many storylines and now an imagined spot and more exposition to know that Fukuchi, who says he will stop all wars, decides he'll stop all wars by just starting another war. I don't see how any of you sympathize with this guy, and I don't see how the story will end in a way to make you sympathize. Get wrecked, dude. You lost Bram Stoker. Stolen. Not kidnapped, stolen. Which just shows how little humanity he lends to Bram. He can't order the vampires... What? Uh, he can order them. We're going to see that he's ordering these security guards here, but he can't order all the other ones. And also, uh, we'll get to it next time. I don't understand how Chuya is instructed by Theodore, but again, it's almost like the story didn't explain any of this. I should appreciate how they're cutting in between these storylines, including now this comedic scene of Sigma realizing... They're the only so-called normal one. Oh, so we're not doing that. Or we are? <sighs> the sound editing and musical choices are not heightening gags. This should have been another moment of we cut away and really emphasize the gag of Sigma realizing they're the only normal one in the room. A half hour, which means we can fit in an entire Dragon Ball Super Tournament. I am not interested in using a stopwatch for this episode up to the end of the prison duel, but there is no way all of those events we're going to see for Sigma and Dazai and Theodore are only 30 minutes. It's going to go longer. See, I think Gogol fits better with that kind of a voice, and yeah, kind of hard to top that compared to Bram.
and the animation and the gag and the voice acting improved 100% here. We found a bigger edgelord than Akutagawa. I just now realized we cut Aya's father and that flashback she had when she escaped with Bram. <sighs> Studio Bones, what are you doing? Why are you cutting certain scenes and not others? I'm only now realizing that they did not show her dad earlier when she escaped with Bram. We wait until this far later to finally show Aya's father. Bungo Stray Dogs continuing the tradition of taking actual historical fact and reversing it. The real Ayakoda, I don't know her entire regard for her father, but controlling his estate and writing would suggest more respect than what she is showing here, and we're also making sure that her father is completely unsympathizable. But similar to what we do with Hawthorne being more Catholic, when that's not the real-life Hawthorne, Fitzgerald, yeah, quite a bit of the actual history there, but making him far more one note than the real life Fitzgerald and where the heck they were doing with practically reversing where Mori and Yosano stood on certain issues. They're nailing the comedy here better than everything else. And it's really disappointing that we couldn't get these kind of well thought out gags earlier. Perfect no notes. Bram is smiling. How nice. We are all super old that can remember radios. And fans online pretty much called it that we would get one of the ending title themes as the song Bram listens to. Not the song I expected for what gets Bram to have the mimetic reaction. So you copy directly from the manga for this, but not for anything else. One odd choice. I had expected we would end with Dazai's choosing Sigma. I can't disagree with this as a choice to transition to the ending title sequence. It fits. That works. If we don't get a post credit scene with Dazai choosing Sigma, not a deal breaker, but just an odd decision seen as, you know, doesn't quite match the manga, which the anime has been sticking way too close to the manga. So actually ignoring that from the manga would be better here.
I'm kind of surprised we don't fade the audio down to make it quieter to keep going while keeping the credits over Dazai choosing Sigma. And geez, we gotta stop letting Dazai choose people. Well, I got that wrong based on what I thought the trailer indicated. One of the few times that an episode didn't rush something. I have taken a step away from the episode to think about how well it adapted the chapters. Before watching the episode, I had summarized the four simultaneous storylines. What I'm about to say is less a criticism, more just a thought experiment as to whether an alternate adaptation would have improved this story. Studio Bones is sticking closely to the order of events as they unfold in the manga. I wasn't expecting Bones to take drastic actions to rearrange scenes, but I almost wish they had. This episode suffers from a problem that will persist in later instances of this arc and is a problem with other Bones productions and other anime adaptations. Would it have been better to divide the four storylines and let each one have its own episode, even if that means skipping ahead to later chapters to adapt them first before adapting the ones we had adapted today? I wish that if we were going to slow the pace down, that we surprise the audience more. Stick to just the airport for this episode, save the prison duel stuff for the next episode, so that it stands as its own episode, and all its exposition can be kept to that one episode. I want to have self-contained episodes, not wasting time advancing multiple storylines just a little bit at a time in each installment. I think I would have preferred that structure to show the audience details the manga did not make as clear, such as where Rompo directs the agency members to go, since Atushi randomly disappears in this episode, and we still don't know in the manga where Yosano, Kiyoka, Katai, and Lucy have gone. What if we had one episode of the agency lurking around, so that that episode intersects with Aya's episode later when Kenji comes to her rescue. The downside to such a strategy is that, while you may have a good episode that focuses on just one setting and a handful of characters, you are pulled away from looking at other characters. For example, if we hold off on showing the agency, then we don't see how they trigger the explosion to distract the airplane agents. If we stuck to the airport, maybe we would show where the other agency members are. I know we are teasing out that mystery, but seeing as the revelation is boring, they could have just told us what is going to happen. Have Rompo review the heist scheme, tell us Fukuzawa will confront Fukuchi, that Tanazaki, Kenji, and Atushi will join Kunikida to search the airport to rescue Aya, and... For crying out loud, show us where are Yosano, Kiyoka, Lucy, and Katai. And if this episode focused on just the Aya and Bram stuff, as I kinda wish now it had, then maybe you sit there wondering what is happening with Fukuchi, the hunting dogs, Atushi, and the agency. 
and yet this episode didn't really move much in each storyline very far. Maybe that's enough to let those big moments process with the viewer. It would be disappointing to lose that Ongo scene, which I think lasted as long as it needed to, but I think the Dazai and Theodore stuff was at a faster pace than it needed to be, not giving enough time to explain the rules of this prison duel, and then cutting what I expected would end this episode, or at least be a post credit scene of Dazai choosing Sigma as his partner, as shown at the end of Chapter 97 at the Portway to the Sky Part 5. That just means we'll get to that scene in the next episode, along with those trailer scenes I mentioned of Gogol explaining the layout to Merceau. My biggest complaint about this episode would be the gags. We cut the gag of Theodore and Dazai flinging food at each other, which is just a minor bit of world building as to how they eat and breathe and other science facts. La la la. But we still keep the tiresome gags with Teruko fanning over Fukuchi, which are going to just get worse when you learn it is somewhat of an act, as Teruko is far more serious in her devotion towards Fukuchi, but also not an act given that she is full-on team fascist. And the speed of showing how Dazai and Theodore escape, I think underaddressed how Gogol was able to use his ability on Dazai. We now can see there is a physical distance where Dazai's bare feet touch the cell floor that Gogol can still manipulate, which should clue us in as to whether Dazai has enough distance available to cancel Bram's vampire ability on Chuya. And while I'm discussing the ins and outs of what does and does not work with abilities, Fukuchi says he cannot direct all the vampires globally without having Bram's sword, and yet he is still able to direct Akutagawa and airport security. Is this something that should be obvious to me, that we are showing there must be an amount of time available to Fukuchi to control the vampires, and he just has to repeat that every so many minutes by taking up the sword again? Or, when Fukuchi says, to quote him, quote, Without Bram, I can't order the vampires of the world to march, he meant that he already commanded Bram to give him power over Akutagawa and airport security, but not over all other vampires globally? I know this is nitpicking power scaling, but when your story has overpowered Fukuchi, don't blame me when the story does not make it clearer why it is so important for Fukuchi to get Bram back if his only stated reason is that he needs Bram to command vampires when we see Fukuchi already has command over vampires. On to better news about this episode, Studio Bones nailed the dynamic between Aya and Bram. I'm still ambivalent about the choices in directing and acting for Bram, but Aya's appeals to Bram ring true, even if we cut some of the other scenes of her father abusing her. The comedy around Bram encountering streaming music for the first time is probably the only moment this season that I think exceeds the manga. Granted, because it's in color and has acting, the anime sticks to pretty much exactly the same poses, expressions, and general cosmic background as the manga. 
That being said, I don't think this was the right moment to end the episode, as it hardly comes across as that moment of joy and success for our heroes, so much as a corny gag that is hilarious, but clashes with the tone so far and isn't used to further some overall tone this episode was meant to impart. I thought the final moment would be the mystery of Dazai choosing Sigma as his partner, not this forced gag. Let me conclude with what to expect next time. Season 5, Episode 7, Episode 57 overall is at the Port to the Sky Part 3. The only footage left from the Season 5 trailers is a review of the map of Merceau, which may or may not be in the next episode. Until I see a trailer for the next episode, I can only guess episode 57 will adapt three more chapters, the end of chapter 97 at the portway to the sky, then chapters 98, 99, and 100. What happens in those chapters? Aya has to run away from vampires, Dazai and Sigma plan how to defeat Theodore, Kenji protects Aya from Techo, and that pain-in-the-ass Teruko captures Atsushi. We have seen none of those moments in the Season 5 trailers, so let's see how Studio Bones adapts those scenes. I'll wrap up there for today. Thank you so much for listening to this audio commentary. What was your reaction to Bram discovering streaming music? Did it give you as big of a laugh as other fans online? Did you find it particularly funny? Let me know your thoughts in the comment section or email me, derek.s.mcgrath at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed this commentary, please consider contributing at coffee.com slash derekSmcgrath or patreon.com slash derekSmcgrath. Special thanks to Ella Roach, Emily Lauer, and Alexis Duran. Next week, I'll record audio commentary for Season 5, Episode 7, Episode 57 overall of Bungo Stray Dogs titled at the Port to the Sky Part 3. Until then, I've been Derek S. McGrath. You have a good day. Bye.